I am in Seven Falls Mountain Resort in Pennsylvania, and I'm speaking at a bench and bar conference tonight. And while I'm waiting to speak, I spent the morning watching someone mow the side of a ski slope. Yeah, that is not a job you could pay me enough to do. I know they designed these ski slopes so that people can tumble down them. And while I'm doing my falling routine, I do not want a rotating blade anywhere around my head. Well, while I was doing my best at being distracted, there was a lot going on in the legal news. Brett Favre is in the news, and no, not because he's unretiring again, Again, I think I've lost count on how many times he has unretired. Hey, Tom Brady is giving you a run for his money. Uh, he is in the news because he is the subject of a multi-million dollar fraud on the welfare program in Mississippi. Now, if he is convicted, he is going to spend years in jail. So maybe this is his effort to unretire and play football again. This time he'll be the starting quarterback for the state penitentiary Tigers. Brett. No, just follow Tom Brady's advice. Come on, you guys are near the same age anyways. Just talk to Giselle how that is all working out. Also in the legal news, next week the Supreme Court is going to, be, is going to hear argument in a gerrymandering case. No, this is not to be confused with the normal court watcher's concern with judicial meandering. No, no, that's, that's some effort to get some life alerts on these justices to keep them from wandering off. You got to make sure they stay corralled. No, political gerrymandering is this practice of drawing boundary lines for political districts. Now, a key issue for the court is, is this process of drawing the political boundary lines, is it political? of key concern to me will be this issue. Can the court address that issue with a straight face? Of course it's political. These guys can't even order breakfast in the morning without considering the political ramifications on the dairy and the poultry lobbyist group. Chris and I will take up these issues and more in this week's debriefing of the law. Now back to my regularly scheduled program of watching a ski slope being mowed. Welcome back, Chris. You are our legal expert and our sports expert, but apparently right now you are sweating the pounds off there in Arizona. I looked at my calendar. It says October is right around the corner, but somehow it's still triple digits out there in Arizona. It's absolutely murder. Not only am I a legal expert and a, a sports expert, I am a weatherman here for debriefing the law. It is currently in the 105 to 106, 107 range, depending on where you're at in Arizona. And that is just ridiculous for the month of September. Wow, that is that is cold. Now, Chris, I know you are a theology major. You teach a Bible yep. class. I consider myself mm -hmm. somewhat of a theologian light. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like to, to study theology. Mm -hmm. So tell me if my theology is off a little bit, but I believe that there is a saying that you know you have a you have a less of a chance of a snowflakes chance in hell. Something like that, right? Like the that. bottom line is it's hot in hell. Yes. You see where you see where I'm going with this? No, I I fully believe that uh, Arizona is a tribute to man's arrogance and an affront to God. Okay. I am a hundred percent down with that. So you're closer to the gates of Hades there out there mm -hmm. in Arizona. Oh, sure. uh, that, that that makes sense. Uh, in the middle of the desert, I don't know. But right. who am I to talk? Because I am following 
hur- the hurricane who's is barreling down there in Florida. Yeah. Of course, we just bought a house out there in Florida. And yeah, I, I checked the track of this hurricane. It's going to hit smack dab into our house. So more mm. on that later in our courtroom quarterback segment. But Chris, at the beginning of this podcast, you know we're trying to change things up just a bit. Have a little mm-hmm. bit more fun in this podcast. So yeah. I, let's do a, a segment here called Celebrities in the Law. All right. You're probably thinking, Joel, that's why you had me on. I, am I your celebrity for this week? Yes, I am. 100%. All right. All right, or well, not, not really. I hope not. But I'm going to tell a story. And I want to get your input on this story as I share it. I actually did this last night at Open Mic Night to a bunch of young Ooh. kids. I'm not sure they even knew what I was talking about. I am talking about Seinfeld. I assume you're Ooh. a huge Seinfeld fan. I do. I do watch the Seinfeld, but it's been a minute. It, it went off the air in like what 2000 or 99 or something like that all right you know chris i I can't take your word for it i'm gonna have to test you on this let me give you a little quiz here to see if you're a seinfeld true fan or just casually you heard about it that it was on the tv way back when all right let's say you're hungry for some soup and you go but yet you don't order soup in just the right way what is no soup for you no soup for you all right come back one year I like that. I like that. Yeah, you're right. No zoop one. You come back in one year. All right. That that was an easy one. Right, how about that this? That is an one? easier one. What if you go down the hallway there at the University of Arizona State to use the restroom and there's no toilet paper in that stall? What do you ask the person in the stall next to you? Oh, I remember Elaine did this and I can't think I can't was it the, it wasn't the tapping the foot. It was No. I, no. Ah, that, that was the remember. Minnesota case. Totally different right. issue altogether. Right. Did she ask for a few squares or something? Can you spare a square? Uh, square. That's right. That's can right. You, I couldn't. Spare. All right. Well, you know what? I will give you half credit for that. You Close got enough. the square part right. Right. You just forgot to rhyme. I thought you had it in right. you to rhyme. I thought it might come naturally, Almost but there. no, you, you, you stumbled on that. So your rap career is probably going to be on hold for just a few more weeks. Well, Agreed. Chris, this was a real lawsuit. Costanza mm-hmm. v. Seinfeld. Michael Costanza actually sued Jerry Seinfeld. It, it was a real lawsuit. Now, there were some... Yep fake lawsuits on Seinfeld. Do you remember the episode where Cosmo Kramer turned his his apartment into a smoking lounge and he smoked all day long, 24-7? Do you remember yes. that episode? Yes. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah, yeah, his face got all leathery. Oh, yeah. So yes. What do you do yeah, for like, a leathery face? Well, what, 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 if you got a leathery face, which you don't, what would you do? I moisturize. Some people would moisturize, right? Some moisturize. people say, what can I do? No, no, Chris, no, you're thinking the wrong no. way. Who can you sue? You go to see your attorney for that condition. So he goes to his attorney, the infamous Jackie Childs. And he goes to Jackie Childs. And he says, and, and Childs says, Kramer, your face is hideous. He then smiled that cha-ching smile and said, your face is my case. And somewhere, Johnny Cochran was smiling. And, and so he yep. sued Big Tobacco for Kramer's disfigurement. Well, they uh, uh, hired a young, attractive lawyer there, and she comes up to Kramer and says, no, you're not, you're not hideous. You are ruggedly handsome. And so they settled the case for Kramer becoming the Marlboro man. That was a fictitious lawsuit. All right. Yes. This, Costanza so be Seinfeld, was a real lawsuit. Here's what happened. Michael Costanza sued Jerry Seinfeld under the theory that Jerry based the character of George 
off of him. Now, Chris, I want you to think about this for just a minute. What was he actually doing? He was going to court under penalty of perjury, mind you, which you know, mm -hmm. hey, throw me in the slammer if I'm fudging on the facts just a little bit. But right. look at that character, George. Look at him. He's short. He's yep. fat. He's bald. He's ugly. He can't keep a job. He has no luck with women. Well, guess who is the inspiration for that character? That's right, Moa. I am the inspiration. I yes, am who inspired that loser of a character. I am short, oh, fat, bald, no. and ugly. I can't even get past the, can you send me a recent pick phase of online dating? And so he sued right. Jerry Seinfeld for $100 million. Now, Whoa. yeah, Chris, would you ever do that? I mean, a hundred million bucks is a hundred million bucks, man. I mean, if I can, <laughs> if I can get that, you know, maybe when I, I'll grow out my beard and I'll look like John Daly, right? And then, and you then I'll what? sue John Daly, saying that he based his entire golf persona on Chris Marone. Chris, I, I'm not saying you do, but do you know? Do you know who Matt Foley is? No, but I will have to Google him now. Do it. I'll tell you who Matt Foley is. Matt Foley was this inspirational, this motivational speaker, 35 year old divorcee who lived okay. in a van down by down the river. By the a river. hilarious comedic skit played by Chris Farley. Okay, yes. let's say that I was a doppelganger for, for Matt Foley. All right. The, you're yeah. talking about the biggest of losers out there. Yeah, even if there might be some resemblance. I'm not suing Chris Farley in court and declaring that under penalty of perjury, right? I would have just a no twinge shame. of pride. Look, not this guy. Well, that's why he, that's the most Costanza thing he could have done then <laughs> is to sue Jerry Seinfeld. But you, you mentioned, apparently there is a price tag on public humiliation. Oh, $100 yes. million dollars might be it. I, mean, I don't know if I, it I guess I me. might sue for that. It yeah. reminds me of this joke. Have you heard this joke? Mark Twain was asked this story of, uh, this woman asked Mark Twain, uh, or I'm sorry, Mark Twain asked this woman, hey, would you sleep with me for a million dollars? She said, yeah, I'll sleep with you for a million dollars. She said, all right, would you sleep with me for a dollar? She slaps him across the face and says, no, what do you think I am, a, a whore? He said, oh, we've already established that. Now we're just negotiating price. And, and so maybe the truth, maybe the same thing is going on here. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'd sue for $100 million, I guess. I have no idea how, with how that story relates, but this was a real lawsuit. Well, nonetheless, Chris, how do you think the court should rule in this case? Well, you feel for the guy because he's the real-life Costanza, <laughs> but I don't. The, the court shouldn't rule in this guy's favor just because there's some tenuous connection between George Costanza and Mike Costanza. All right, and they say tenuous. They actually both knew each other. Michael Costanza knew Jerry Seinfeld from his days uh -huh. in college in okay. Queens, New York. The character George Costanza knew the character Jerry Seinfeld from their days in college in Queens, New York. Oh, and there's okay. also this, their last name, Costanza. It's, it's not exactly John Smith kind of material, right. but I, I get what you're saying, but the court said, you know what? No, we're not going to go there. No one has a right to privacy to keep, to stop someone from loosely basing a character in fiction and satire off mm -hmm. of you. No one has a right to privacy to that extent. And so in one of the best one-liners I've read in any court opinion, the court said, while a sitcom can be about nothing, a lawsuit has to be about something. And so maybe, Ooh. maybe you should have joined in with the suit Nazi and said, no suit for you. I, I don't know nah. how should have ruled on that, but hey, nah, that nah. is our celebrity in Hollywood news, or I'm sorry, our celebrity in the law account for this week.
Nice. All right, Chris. Let's move on now to our next story. And this is what's going on in the world of um uh, uh going on in the in the world of uh of law Certain this court week. Cases. And so yeah. we have a couple of cases to talk about. The first case let's talk about is Brett Favre's legal trouble. Chris, what's going on there? I, I know you have followed this story. You sent me this right. link this week. Brett Favre, I'll have you know, is one of my favorite quarterbacks i loved his career there in green mm-hmm. bay and then when he went to minnesota i think he went to somewhere else i was a big brett Favre fan mm-hmm. he's in the news for the wrong reasons why is right. he in legal trouble well he's not technically in legal trouble yet no charges have been brought no civil suit has been brought against him but his name is getting dropped in a pretty heavy allegations of money laundering extortion and Uh, misuse of public funds coming out of Mississippi. Now, we can't blame Mississippi. They're 50th in education, 50th in representation, 50th in per-person spending, 50th in welfare spending. So it's not like a ton of money is being diverted here. But essentially, Brett Favre was a uh, lobbyist or a fundraiser for a nonprofit there for his old college of University of Southern Mississippi. Um. And so during that time, he used his connections to, and this is this is kind of facts and truth, and then we'll get to where the law is at because it, it deviates depending on what news source you pull up. So Brett worked as a as a fundraiser for this group uh, to help his old college. He called in some of his governor friends and some of his friends from Mississippi government. And said, "Hey, we need to get this going." Um, eventually somewhere in the realm of like eight to ten million dollars got donated to Southern Miss that allowed them to build a new volleyball court. Okay. And the money is uh, the money came from what was later discovered when the head of essentially the Department of Human Services for Mississippi copped an agreement saying that he took money from the welfare system to give money to projects like these. And the allegation is that Brett Favre knew Brett Favre financially benefited from it and Brett Favre steals from poor people. Okay, all right. So that is the basics of the, his legal yeah. trouble. Hey, he is a there's a welfare uh, fraud allegation right. here, and maybe some money is going to the wrong things. So right. my first take on this story is this just reinforces in my mind journalism has gone to pot. I mean, I, I looked for articles on this story because you sent me some links and I, I read right. these articles. And Chris, when you bring a lawyer's mind to these articles, what you s- conclude is, I have no idea what is going on. Let's just right. go ahead and read through some of these um, the, these articles and let's just kind of play along and let's, let's apply our legal reasoning to mm-hmm. this journalistic effort. Now, you probably saw me messing around with the the screen here for for you who are listening on a podcast. We actually are now doing this on, as a YouTube show as well, and we are we, this is just our second week doing it, and so we're we're trying to play around with our our technology. I have real problems. <laughs> My technology department is usually in school during the day, but nonetheless. Um, I, I was messing around here. I, I think I got it on the screen here. You do. Uh, I there see you it. go. So 
Let's see with if a I very, can't re- very young picture of Brett Favre, like straight out of like Green Bay Packer time. Brett, Favre. that is not what Brett Favre. This and this is my problem with journalism. I'm going to stop right here. Why is it when I get picked up for a crime, they find the ugliest picture of Chris Marone on the face of the planet, but when Brett Favre gets accused of stealing eight million dollars, all of a sudden we're going to bring his GQ photo shoot out. Chris, and we're going to put that one up you, there. You teed that mm-hmm. one up. I just, I just mm-hmm. can't take a swing at that. I just cannot take a swing. Come on. At- Okay, I'm going to go there. Is there a good picture of, of Chris Morrow? I'm just wondering. I, I, you know, you teed it up. I just had to go there because it was just, it was low-hanging fruit, dude. It was low-hanging fruit. It really fruit. was, and there's not, so I can't fight that. <laughs> right. Nonetheless, I get what you're saying. Uh, so let's read. This is the top line in this Forbes article, so let's rack on Forbes. They might be a good publication. I don't know. I think but... actually, I think of all the articles that you and I traded over the past few days, this is the most detached. Like these are just what we know so far. Okay. Right. Right. So let's, let's so, read this and let's apply our legal reasoning, our legal brain power to this article. And maybe we're going to conclude journalism is shoddy. And that is our yeah. G rated version for that word. All right. Here, former green Bay Packers quarterback and hall of famer, Brett Favre has been accused of using his in quotes, special access to former Mississippi governor, Phil Bryan. I, I don't think this is, is meant to have any kind of sexual overtones to it. I'm assuming not. But nonetheless, what does that mean? Special access. Why is it in quotes? Is that a legal terminology that I'm aware of, Chris? I have special access to you. You know what this means? We're friends. That's all that they're saying is, look, hey, Brett Favre is friends with the governor. What's up with that? Well, you too can be special access friends with the governor too for the low, low price of $10 million in a re-election fund. So I, I guess think, so. And, wow. And, yeah, and having access to, like, as we read through the story, he texts the, the governor directly. Okay, and so that's so, what special yeah. access means is you right. have the person's phone number and you text them. I, I have no idea why they put they that in lead. And they'll respond to you because there's people that text me that I don't respond to. They don't have special access to me. Chris. My wife... Every time, every every text message. You and I both know that's not a crime. It, it's not a crime to have special no. access to anyone. That's called your right. you, your friends, your acquaintances. You, 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 right. you hook up on LinkedIn or whatever. I don't know. It's not a crime to have special access to someone who right. is in power. All right, m- read on here now. Uh, and so another in his home state, in order to influence roughly eight million dollars in welfare payments for himself. Hold on right yep. there. That's bad, right? Hey, if you're going to give me $8 million to myself, that right. is a huge issue. However, it's just, it's tantalizing. It's, it's, it's saying, Hey, look, maybe there's something to the story of he's going to receive $8 million. So we're going to be looking for the proof there on Brett Favre getting $8 million for himself. Let's right. read on. All right. Uh, pharmaceutical company, Prevacus, and a volleyball court for the University of Southern Mississippi, according to an expose published last week in the Mississippi Today. Though Favre has not been charged criminally or accused of a crime. All right, so let's, let's go down here now and see some oh, of the full key stop facts. Have, has anybody, listeners or otherwise, ever read the Mississippi Today? I have not. I I. I fail to believe that an expose out of the Mississippi today is what's going to bring down this delicate web of conspiracy and welfare fraud. 
Interesting. You know what? Woods, I, I, Woodward and Bernstein are now at the Mississippi Today. <laughs> I don't think we have any listeners in Mississippi. I think we're fine to say that. But I still think you're right. You're onto something. And I know you're going with that. And we're going to get there here in just a bit. All right. Uh, key facts. Newly unearthed text messages show Favre at the center of a scandal dating back to 2020 when a political appointee of the governor and nonprofit head, among others, were arrested for misusing federal welfare funds. So what we do know, some time back in 2020, a couple of key people were actually arrested. Yes. Th those people were not the governor, nor were they no. Brett Favre. But okay. hey, there was something that happened in 2020, and maybe Brett Favre is a part of this story. All right, let's read on. Between I feel like we should have one of those like law enforcement walls that has like all the pictures and like the red yarn like connecting everybody where to go. I know, yeah, and it all leads back to, to Brett NFL. Favre. Yeah, to Brett, Brett Favre. Giant right. picture of Brett Favre and all the lines going to him. That's right. Between 2016 and 2018, the nonprofit Mississippi Community Education Center doled out five million allegedly at Favre's request. All right, so this is important. Where Favre okay. say, hey, I have special access. I can text you like I can mm -hmm. text Chris and, and it, Chris will respond. So where is did this $5 million go to? To the University of Southern Mississippi. Hold on. That's not Brad Favre. That is a public university. I am assuming they give out scholarships to needy people. They provide programs for students. So, I, you know what? I, I have questions so far about right. this reporting. I guess it's fair to say. All right. Where Favre attended and where his daughter also attended and played volleyball to pay for a new volleyball record, according to Mississippi Today. All right. So, stop right there. I don't see anything bad about that. Brett Favre said, using his special access, texted the governor and said, will you give money? Will you direct this money to the University of Mississippi to build new facilities? Okay. Is that is that actually fraud? Is that a crime? Well, it's to pay for a new volleyball court. I got to tell you again, Mississippi, you're spending $5 million on sand and nets. Okay. Money management may not be your forte, but we're, we're not into criminal behavior of Brett Favre yet. I like how you said yet, because yes. I want to be clear. I'm not saying Brett Favre is not guilty. That, that's not my no. take here. My take here is journalism is shoddy, and that is my PG yeah. version for the day. All right. Mm -hmm. Moving on here, uh, semicolon. Actually, yeah, the nonprofit also paid him $1.1 million to promote a program called Families First. Hold on a second. That was mentioned as if that were a bad thing. But, Chris, as you know, well, if you hired a nonprofit, did the nonprofit then not do that? Is there no such organization as Families First? I mean, that's not a crime to, to have money go to a nonprofit organization. Now, it, it would be problematic, I agree, if Brett Favre mm -hmm. pocketed the $1.1 million and said, I'll do a couple of tweets and say, hey, family should come first. Yeah, that would seem right. bad. I, we don't know the facts here. Right. We're still learning. All right. Let's move on then. Um, so... Um, for the, it then says the funds mostly came from a welfare 
federal well that's a big word there federal welfare grant program administered by the mississippi department of human services and both mm -hmm. the head of the nonprofit and the former head of the mdhs have been charged with and pleaded pleaded not guilty to embezzlement and fraud for their roles in the scheme so somewhere these two people were charged with embezzlement so there's something right. there i assume yeah. but we don't know what it is yet well we can logically a lawyer brain we could say okay five million dollars is missing from the welfare fund and it was transferred over to this nonprofit who had access to that five million who authorizes the transfers how does it get over there and that's where you probably got these two charged with embezzlement and fraud and i can just see chris my lawyer brain is already going to defending brett Favre and, and the governor mm -hmm. here because they're going to say uh hey look this was fraud you embezzled money you used money for an improper purpose these are not welfare recipients. Well, hold on. What does the actual language of the statute say? Does it? Because could an argument be made that this money was going to a university for college education to provide scholarships for the poor? Yes, you and I would roll our eyes at that. I get that. Right. We would say, oh, come on of now. Course. That's not proper use of the money. But that's a far cry different thing than taking that money and putting it in my back pocket. That's using it for one mm -hmm. public good as compared to another public good. To right. me, that just rings a little bit different. That's not quite embezzlement. Now, if money's going in your back pocket, that's where I'm gonna draw the line and say, that's embezzlement, that's wrong, and it should not be done. Any thoughts? Well, yeah, that's, that's literally the crime of embezzlement, right? Being in a position of power to be able to steal money from an organization. That's legitimately embezzlement. But taking now, it from for, one public good to another public good? the That could be where the fraud comes in, right? Because if you're taking it out of the welfare system, which they're... I, and again, I don't know Mississippi law. So I, I have to assume that there are earmarks on welfare money. And there it has to be used for specific purposes for you know, social good or whatever, and making the saying that volleyball courts serve the same social good as welfare dollars could be part of the fraud, right? Could be part of the fraud that they're could charged be. with. So, it, or you can make the argument, right? It went from education monies in welfare, went from uh, elementary school that was closed for sake for sake and it went diverted to the university which university right. of southern miss isn't a private university it is a public university nah. so there's that all right so i want to know the answer to these questions uh right. so they're definitely there's a lot of smoke here i'll give you that i'm not saying right. brett Favre is innocent what i'm saying is these there's a lot of holes here in this story all right, right. two more things here the next thing. one Purported text messages obtained by Mississippi Today show that Favre and Bravacus founder Jake uh, Van Lanningham offered the governor and a nonprofit Great directors name. shares of Provacus and offered to buy the head a Ford F-150 Raptor truck in return for their help. Okay, so yeah. here, Chris, is what I'm going to point out. They say that in, in, this, in this paragraph here. What is missing from this paragraph? Any quotes? How do you put something that outlandish and not include one quote from one text message? I'm just saying, right. if you had the text, I would have put that in as a quote, right? right. They know how to use quotes. They put quotes around special, special. access, but yep. they're not going to put a quote around, hey, I'm going to offer you up this, this truck if you do this in return. Come right. on. Right. They're not. Well, because, again, it's not first to be right. It's first to be first. 
Right. That, that's, that's very salacious there. I'm just saying I noticed there were no quotes there. So I'm questioning right. a little bit the, 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 um, uh, the truthfulness of that summary. All right. Lastly here, the purported messages also show a request from Favre asking members of the group to help to pay a 1 million debt Favre owed to the University of Southern Mississippi for the volleyball court he promised the school. All right, here, I am going to question the use of the term debt. Now, I do know that's what Fred Favre said. However, yeah. this is a not a debt like what you and I might be originally thinking. Like if I have a debt to the credit card company or to the mortgage company, that's because they gave me money. And that's why right. I owe them money. That's the debt. Right. I don't right. think that's what's going on here because I have promised money to universities, to churches in the past. So I owe that church, I owe that money because I promise in some kind of, you know, campaign to raise money, hey, will you yeah. donate money to the school? Yeah. Yep, I'll donate money to the school. That's right. not the same thing in my mind as someone giving me $1,000 and now I am a debt to that person for $1,000. Chris, am I reading this wrong? No, you're reading it right. I mean, in, in the world of development and fundraising and, and all of this, and especially in uh, schools and universities, future gifts, as they're called, can be counted when you're building buildings or whatnot or volleyball courts, but they're not actual debts like you are when you take a car or a house or a credit card. Okay. And so the... Yeah, it, it's just not there. It's not the same thing. So we will be following this story. I am very much intrigued mm -hmm. because it involves one of my heroes, Brett Favre. It involves the law and sports. It fits our agenda perfectly. It is. We have questions. We're not saying he's innocent because there's a, a, we will agree there's a lot of smoke here. So we're just saying let's hold off judgment until we get more of these facts. Yeah. All right, next up, the Supreme Court this week is going to take up a case, Merrill v. Milligan. Now, when I first heard about this case, Chris, my thought was Mulligan. I, I saw Milligan. I thought right. Mulligan. Is this going to be about golf? whether or not Mulligans should be given out freely on the golf courses? Stop giving somebody. You don't get a Mulligan per hole, Joel. It's a <laughs> Mulligan per round. How do you approach golf? I am just curious. Do you take Mulligans? Nope. You don't? Nope. I'm not I, playing golf I play it where it lies. I, I play it where it lies. Look, I am a crappy golfer, right? I, I suck already. So whether I get a mulligan or not, the ball's going in the same place. I will agree with you. Which is probably Some, the water. Sometimes it's actually kind of fun to hit beneath a tree and get the, your three iron out and punch it out, right? Yep. I mean, you, you paid the same price. You want to take all your shots. I, I get that. Right. But Chris, let's go back to some theology. A mulligan is the same thing as grace. Does God no. have a limit to his grace? No. Is there any limit to there's, God's grace? Ooh. Why should there be any limit to your giving out mulligans? But none of, you know I, what? I think if there. we go back to the theology a little bit further, there's something about blaspheming that I feel <laughs> we could have a discussion about at some point. Don't say that as a hurricane is barreling down on my house. I do not exactly. like that concept or that thought, but now you're going to keep me up at nights wondering about it. No, Merrill v. Milligan. Yeah, and in this case, now we're not going to unpack this case in its entirety, but here's no. what's going on. The Supreme Court is going to stop their four-month summer vacation, and they got to work here a couple <laughs> of days before they take their winter vacation. Oh. More on that later. But yes, the Supreme Court is a great gig if you can get it. They are constantly taking recesses. Chris, do you have recess at where you work? Well, I do work at a school, so <laughs> no, I don't have a recess. I get to work except for my PTO time. 
that's what sucks, right? You, you, you graduate yeah. from elementary school and then what do you get for for that promotion the realization there's no more recesses for you not true because if you reach the united states supreme court they take recesses a plenty well nonetheless or, they or congress that is true also yeah, congress so yeah go to washington dc there's a lot of recesses there all right enough of that so they're, they're coming off their recess and they got to get back to work. So they're going to work a couple of days next week. Mm -hmm. And on Tuesday of this next week, they're going to hear the case in Merrill v. Milligan, which deals with political gerrymandering. Now, Chris, let's just set up the issues the court is going to decide. But then let's not really get into the nitty gritty of this case. Right because we'll have more to talk about after the, the court uh, hears argument this next right. Tuesday. All right. What is gerrymandering? Well, gerrymandering is this idea that when you draw district lines of whatever race you're talking about, and here it's going to be U.S. House of Representatives, when you are drawing those boundary lines for that district, how you draw those lines can kind of help to dictate who stays in power. You you yes. know where certain people are. So there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's packing, there's stacking, and there is cracking. And so all different kinds of gerrymandering. And so what's yeah. going on here is that in... Alabama, you had after the 2020 census, they realized that there was a minority population that really was centered in one area. And so if you just allowed for that area to be its own political division, subdivision, well, they're not going to get really the, the, that minority group will not get their proportionate share of representation as far as their preferred candidate, because it's like 90% control of that area and you rather than dividing it out over a couple of different areas. And so that right. is the issue there. Are you allowed to draw the map where you are considering the representation of different groups in Congress? Chris, I know you work for Arizona State University, so you're a part of mm -hmm. education. You could probably do a better job of explaining gerrymandering, packing, stacking, and cracking oh better gosh. than I can. So let me give you a shot. So I was on the Citizens Redistricting Committee in 2010 in California to redraw districts when the census okay. came around last time. So I have a little bit of knowledge on Dude, how- You have background how... knowledge. Oh yeah, I got, so gerrymandering is something that we've done since the dawn of time. We've created congressional districts that allow for groups to maintain power. And that's one of, and Soapbox, Maroon soapbox is that we allow these districts to stand because it represents the parties that we want to keep in power. It's okay. it's been that way since the beginning, and it's and you can see it on both sides of the aisle. We can look at Texas maps, we can look at California maps. All of them are gerrymandered to keep the same people in power. That's the end of my soapbox. In Alabama, they had roughly the same districts that have been drawn up since like the early '90s. Okay, and and for those of you at home, we call that the late 20th century. Um, and nothing had changed until this go around in 2021 and where it was found that the the legislature in alabama changed the districts to essentially district out one political party and create an almost insurmountable majority for another political party that's what the challenge is whether the court's going to find that to be true or not We'll, we'll wait for the court, but that's what the challenge is, is now the di the districts are so drawn, so created that only if the lines stay the same, 
that only one party will have power in Alabama. All right, so let me give you the three criteria the court is going to be considering next week. So this is called mm -hmm. the Gingles condition. So the court said, uh, previous opinions have said, if these three conditions are met, the, the, the map is suspect uh, mm -hmm. under the Voting Rights Act, Section 2. All right, number one, the minority group is sufficiently large and geographically compact to constitute mm -hmm. a majority in a district. And so it, is that, does that situation exist here where the minority group, African-American group is what we're talking about here? Are they mm -hmm. sufficiently large and geographically compact to constitute a majority in a district? Number two, right. is the minority group politically cohesive? So are we talking about an actual situation where, yeah, they do actually vote as a group, or are they so splintered and factored? It just really doesn't matter doesn't at matter. all. Right. All right. Third, the white majority votes sufficiently as a block to enable it unusually to defeat a minority's preferred candidate. So almost the reverse of what I just said. Would the other predominant race in this area vote also as a block, you know, 90%, whatever, to block the minority party's preferred candidate? If those three conditions are met, then it's going to be a section two of the voting acts of violation. And so they're going to ask them to go back and redraw that map. Here's where I think the court's going to have a problem. How do you redraw these maps? Because whoever is drawing it, they're going to be asking themselves, how do we advance one party over the other party? And that just seems dirty pool, dirty politics for the court to get involved with. But maybe that's an issue the court can cannot avoid. A any thoughts? Well, that and there's seven districts. Right. We're not talking about California with 55 or Texas with 35 or New York with 27. Like there's seven. How how many ways can you split a seven pie? And there's right. requirements, right? You have to have 750,000 people in each district. That's the minimum requirement to have a congressional district. So there's not a whole lot of ways to cut Alabama into 750,000 district squares. All right. So nope. that creates that issue. There you go. Let's pay attention uh, next week. The court's going to hear argument on Tuesday. That is Merrill v. Milligan. Chris, yep. it is now time for courtroom quarterback. Chris, so let's let's unpack what we saw this last week. It was a great week of, of football. I was <laughs> captivated by what was going on, on my TV set. I got to tell you, Chris, it probably was my favorite week of the year because really? my beloved Nebraska Cornhuskers okay, did not yeah, lose yeah. last week. We we did not put an L on the the, the left hand, right hand side of the column. That is there good news for me. That is a great day for you. Obviously, the reason why they did not put an L is they did not play. They had a bye week. But, hey, I, a bye week is better than a loss week when you're at the University of Nebraska. All right, more on that in just a bit. Chris, what were your takes from last week? Man, I the Niners, man. The Niners. <laughs> killing me. Jimmy Garoppolo making rookie mistakes. And wow. Just, oh, just, the Niners I, beat Broncos. Oh. That was one bad game. Chris, did you watch that part of the game where oh, okay. Jimmy Garoppolo was in the end zone and he just took a big honk and step back right into the right white of, of the end zone as if, right yeah, I'm going to throw the pass. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, is that just an optical illusion that's for the TV viewers? Why wow. is, is it not his back foot clearly like a foot inside the line? And then he's just sitting there waiting to throw the ball. It's like the refs are almost thinking, 
what do we do with this? Are we are we seeing what we think we're seeing? Yeah, uh, actually, do, do you remember the play I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I would, yeah. uh, no, I watched the entire game. Believe Here's me, the deal: we every when you step game. a foot back into the, uh, the back of the end zone, it's a safety. Yeah, so what did he then proceed to do? Threw a pick six, so he actually benefited by stepping back because it was a minus yep. two or whatever. They lost two points instead of, instead of losing seven. So hey, you know what? He benefited well, by being so bad. And it was those two points that lost him the game too. That is Come true. On. It was an eleven ten game. It was the safety that lost him. Well, they would have had a pick six, but what? I look. I I. Ooh, it was rough. And Twitter let the Niners and the Broncos have it. The Twitter was really the redeeming factor for the entire game, but I'm t- like this week was we- I mean the Dolphins also had a, uh, a safety when the what was it butt punt the butt the, punt yes Mark Sanchez punt? is smiling if you don't remember what I'm talking about way back when and then long time ago Mark Sanchez was the quarterback for the New York Jets and he was the, he was responsible for the infamous but fumble and so yep. now he has some some company there in the butt right. categories you're talking about right. sports activities so this was the butt punt where yeah but they were what? back what Miami happened here won. was a was the the fullback or whoever it was the guy who's supposed to be defending the punter took mm-hmm. one big step back he forgot that he was in the end zone and you are all squished up so you you shouldn't you don't you're not operating with the same amount of space he took a, his normal big step back right in front of the punter so the punter right. then let out a huge kick right up this guy's backside i'm sure he's very oh, thankful yeah. they have a tailbone pad there to protect his backside i am right. sure that hurt to get an Might nfl punter punting at full strength right up right. your yahoo section uh yeah that was a very interesting uh decision there um oh. talk about that one that was the um the dolphins versus dolphins the buffalo bills that was a very interesting game I mean, that was a heavy defensive battle, right? Because I called. I mean, this is this is the thing. I thought it was going to go the over. You did, right? I called the over because Tua was on fire and Josh Allen was. I mean, the 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 GIF of the week, the GIF of the week, whatever you would call him, is the offensive coordinator for the Bills when the clock ran out and he is like slamming everything and throwing up <laughs> papers and all this stuff because the Bills could not get it together to kick the game-winning field goal, like. They just ran the – they weren't paying attention. I don't know who – like Josh Allen wasn't on it. Nobody was on it, and they ran out the clock. This might be gave, a preview. gave the Dolphins a victory. I hate to say it, that might be a preview of the AFC Championship game because the Dolphins now are the top-ranked team in the NFL, and they look – all of it. They look amazing. Tyree Kill, I hate to say it because we lost him in Kansas City. We right. A lot of us said that was a good call, even though we knew it was going to hurt in the short term. Chris, I don't think we knew it was going to hurt this bad. He just right. looks good. And it, just, it sickens us to – we. that used to be us. We used to be able to do that to opponents and can't say we're going to get to them in just a bit. We are in a world of hurt because the, the, oh, the Chiefs man. definitely laid a dud last week. All right, Perfect. let's focus now on this upcoming week. And oh, my sure. game of the week this week is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars versus – the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me just help set the stage of why this is going to be the game of the week. The Jacksonville Jaguars last year 
drafted number one in the draft. And they picked up mm -hmm. their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is going to be the, probably yep. the greatest quarterback ever. After his freshman year there at Clemson, he led his team to a national championship over the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. And so that he, everyone knew he was going to be the number one draft pick. He has the long right. flowing hair. Oh, yeah. He's Hollywood a looks. Very gorgeous man. Gorgeous man. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. I, I would date him because, I mean, he, he's that gorgeous of a guy. Well, last year, he bombed. It would be a, I, well, I can't even express how bad he bombed last year. Everybody bombed at the Jags last year. Let's, let's, it was a rough start for one Trevor Lawrence. It, it was. And, and, and part of the blame, if not all the blame, lies with his head coach, Urban Meyer, who, by the way, they did find out that the um, uh, Peterson, who's the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars this year, yep. has more, now more wins than yep. Urban Meyer. He just passed Urban Meyer. Even though it's only game week three of the NFL three. season, he already passed all of Urban Meyer's win total from last year. All right. That being said, their coach, Peterson, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm -hmm. Do you know who fired him? Oh, would that be the Eagles? Yeah, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles. He Ooh. won a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. And they said, you know what? You know how we want to show our gratitude? Here's your pink slip. Get out of the door. Like, well, hold That's on. Right. Maybe he had a really bad quarterback in Carson Wentz, who's not winning anywhere else. or It's already been dropped by a team. Maybe yeah, that has something to do with it. And Peterson actually is a good coach. Well, nonetheless... He has landed there in Jacksonville, and yep. so he's their coach. It's a perfect marriage between him and, and Trevor Lawrence. They are doing great, and they are playing. Peterson's a former team who has another hot shot quarterback uh, right. uh, playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. And so, yeah, right. I'm excited. And they're about also this undefeated, game. right? The Eagles and the Dolphins are sitting atop of the NFL right now. And I really need to point this out that we don't have the infrastructure to deal with a Philadelphia Miami Super Bowl. Like we just we, we don't have enough police. There's not enough EMS people. If Philly makes it to the Super Bowl, cities will burn. I fully <laughs> believe this. That like it 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 would only be worse if it was Phillies and Buffalo. Like the Bills Mafia and the Philly fan, it would, it would, it, and it's going to be here in Arizona. So I have a righteous fear. Okay. okay? I got gotcha. you. Okay. I see where you're from. I have a from. righteous fear of this. That, I thought you are trying to that, alienate our entire Philadelphia fan base. No, we, I, know I have a we righteous have, fear. All right. We, I know we have listeners in the Philadelphia area. So they're beautiful hey, you know people. I, I love you guys. You Philly cheesesteak is the best. It rocks. Delicious. But Delicious. this quack out there in Arizona is saying that he's fearful that you guys are going to riot. I guess he's looking at you're past gonna precedent, saying it's because you yes. guys have done it 10 out of the exactly last nine times that he's fearful yes. it's going to happen again. Whatever. You know you're what? You're Philly. Okay. Own it. <laughs> Own it, Philly. City of Come on. brotherly love. But hey, nonetheless. Mm -hmm. I do agree with you. You know what? Yeah, you guys are probably, you win the Super Bowl, you fire your coach within a couple seasons, you deserve the hate that comes your way. You but I do love the city of Philadelphia. I want that I on do too. the record. It's great. All right. So yeah. that being said, this is the game of the week. Watch it. Two young quarterbacks. These are the up and comers. Right. You got Jalen Hurts from yep. the University of Oklahoma. That's right. Sooner. I said it. I said he's a yep. former University of Oklahoma quarterback. How does that feel, uh -huh. Crimson Tide? You ditched right. him as well. But nonetheless, that's another story. Talk about that later. All right. Mm -hmm. This will be an exciting Therapy. game. Now, another game of the week. This probably is on most people's radar. Let's talk about this one. The Kansas the City Chiefs, preview. who just laid a dud. 
They oh. played horrendous last week. Chris, who could have seen that poor performance coming last week? Was it, was it a surprise to everyone? No, because it was here on the podcast where the visionary and prophetic Joel gave us the news that Casey was going to lose. I tell you what. And, you and even what? in our texts, right, while we were texting on Sunday, you're like, no. Dude. Like, I'm like, oh, Casey's not doing bad. You're like, no, 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 no. Game ain't over yet. There was no, there was no hope. There was no joy. I should have told you guys last week. You know what? Mortgage your house. This is a surefire bet. I knew what I was oh, talking no. about. I've been a cheese fan for way too long in my life. We always lay does like that early on. You just win a big game. You got a loser coming in town, and Andy mm -hmm. Reid just decides. I'm not going to vote motivate my team this week. They're professionals. No. They'll do it themselves. I got better things to do. Either that, right. Chris, this is actually a possibility. He is such a mastermind that he wants his team to lay eggs early on so he can use that as rallying points because his teams oh, yeah. are always second-half teams. As much as I just told you and predicted the dud last week, the second half of the season, we will go on right. a tear. Oh, the sure. only thing that could stop that is if we had some kind of infraction, some uh, unsettling disagreements between, let's say, offensive coordinator and quarterback. If you had that kind of dynamic, that could upset the apple cart. But you don't let's have that. hope that does not happen in Kansas City. I am so fearful that Eric Bieniemy, who we have uh, been saying for the last four years, needs to be fired from Kansas City. I know the national media loves him. No, yep. Kansas City would be ecstatic if someone would hire him. I like the guy as a person, I guess. I have nothing against Eric Bieniemy. I've never met him in person, but right. he was given the keys to a Lamborghini, that being the Kansas City's offense, proceeded yep. to immediately turn it into a Chevrolet. I have no idea what mm -hmm. kind of car you drive. So no offense if you drive a Chevrolet. Oh. It's not a yep. Lamborghini. I have driven a it's Lamborghini not. and felt the power. That's what oh, you yeah. sensed when you saw how incredible our offense was. He says, nope, let's rein this in and let's turn it into something blah and mundane. Last week, Chris, we had about 30 seconds on the clock and Patrick Mahomes. So, Chris, I know you don't make an offensive coordinator salary. What would you do in that situation? I would let Patrick do Patrick. Why not? Right? Right, let and it's the Colts. I don't need to overcoach my Hall of Fame quarterback versus the Colts. No, it makes no sense whatsoever. But nonetheless, I, you know what? I'm going to get past last week eventually. Yep. Uh, but this this week, the Kansas Chiefs are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what might be a Super Bowl preview. It definitely was Super mm -hmm. Bowl two years ago. But this could be a Super Bowl preview. But Chris, as you and I talked about in our pre-production uh, meeting, there's another dynamic at play in this week. It is the hurricane. The hurricane is coming up, right. I believe, tomorrow, yeah. Wednesday of, of this week. The hurricane is going to hit Tampa. That's yeah. where these athletes live. So at a minimum, yeah. they're going to have to leave their house. They're going to have to go somewhere else. Yeah. This is going to disrupt their practice routine. Even I was given uh, orders about our house in Palm Coast that we got to be on alert. We're going to have to be ordered to evacuate our house here in a moment's notice. We're on that kind right. of, of notice this week. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm ignorant. I'm ignorant to this fact. Could they move the Tampa Bay, Kansas city game to Kansas city because of the hurricane? They would not do that. They could do okay. that. They would not do that. They might okay. have done that or something similar. If 
the hurricane was going to be on a Sunday. It's not. The hurricane right. is going to be okay. during the week. It should be just rainy by next Sunday. It's going to okay. disrupt their preparation time and their practice time. But Chris, okay. what hurricanes do? Hurricanes when they have they have a mind of their own. There actually is a a, a higher power behind the, this hurricane directing how, where the hurricane goes, and this is how that person navigates the hurricane. They look at the weather forecast. Oh, look, that's a weather forecast. It's predicting I'm going to go this route. Ha ha. I'm going to take a hard left right now and go the other route. It's these swirling winds that can change. They're very hard to predict. They have minds of their own. This hurricane could just sit wherever it is for a couple of yep. days. That actually happened to us well. in Orlando when we were a part of one of the hurricanes. The hurricane just sat in Orlando for oh, a couple of days. I mean, it, it was slow moving through central Florida. Oh. And so you had constant rain for a couple of days. Chris, it's actually not very good for your house because your house might be prepared to absorb wind and rain. That's normal wind and rain. But if it's right. sideways rain for 48 no. hours, it's no. going to penetrate that paint job and it's going to get into yeah. your house, which is what happened in Orlando back in the early 2000s. And so who knows what this hurricane is going to do? What yeah. I'm sure of it is going to disrupt their preparation time there in, in Tampa. For so sure. uh, any thoughts on this game? I'm just looking forward to it, man. I just, I want to see, I, I like seeing Titan quarterbacks go against each other. So it should be a lot of fun. Until Eric Bieniemy decides to pull the reins in on one Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. no, I doubt that will happen. All right, so now let's move over to our gambling is bad section, which we have been doing a stand-up job this week on, on or this year on sending out the message: gambling is bad. Now uh, my season yeah. totals are seven, eight, and one. Your season totals are five and 10 so far. Our listeners are just two and two because last week we forgot to send out the link. Hey, Brooke promised me this week she'll send it out early. We want to get your votes this week. So please go yeah. vote online. Go to our Facebook page. You'll see the link there. The show notes to this uh, uh, podcast will also have the links there as well. We want you to vote so we can uh, add to this, this message that gambling is bad that being mm -hmm. said um chris i went four one and one last week you went you went to three and two we are upping our game so are. what are our this picks for this week i've talked long enough chris i want to hear what your picks are go ahead right. and explain the method to your madness here on your week three picks um two has got to fail like, I just, I, I see it falling apart. I just see it falling apart. And I think Joe Burrow is tired of watching the games from the ground. So I think that Cincinnati is actually favored over Miami, three and a half points. And I think they're going to cover that. So I'm wow. going to go with the Bengals over the Dolphins, even though I chose the Bills over the Dolphins last week. I'm gonna I go do not like Bengals. this pick. You are chasing a bad pick last week with another pick. I got to tell you, Miami is the real deal. Mm -hmm. And so... Right. Um, you know what? I don't you know. know. I, I saw that pick, and as you can tell, I dodged it because I just didn't know yep. what to do with this. Uh, I, I Cincinnati and Miami is Miami for real. I have seen Tyree Kill in a Chiefs uniform right. for what seven, eight years. He is amazing, yeah. and I don't know what's going to go on there. But I, I, just, yeah. I got to stay away from that pick because Cincinnati is—they are a former Super Bowl team. Last year they were in the Super Bowl. It. They could be a good team this week. You are putting your money where your mouth is. Doing You're it. taking the Cincy minus the three and a half. 
I hope the kids learn something from this. This is this is what we're doing here. It's for the kids. Uh, and then I got I got game of the week, right? Jacksonville and Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a six point five favorite. Do I think Jacksonville's gonna win? Not so much. But I do think that the Eagles are not gonna win by a touchdown or more. Here's so, why I like, like this pick, and I actually picked this one as well. Right. I think this is is the people just not believing in Jacksonville. They know that Jacksonville right. was horrendous last year. They assume it's a fluke. I'm yeah. telling you, Peterson is no fluke of a coach. Nope. They're doing I it. love They're this jelling. bet. I don't know what's going to happen as an outcome. Right. But man, that is a six and a half point spread is is a is a farce here. Is there's no right. way those teams should be spread apart by six and a half points. Right. And then I'm taking the Bucks over the Chiefs. Chiefs are a, a two five favorite. And there's problems, you know, in hometown. And I don't think the Chiefs know how to play on a super wet field that is, you know, a hurricane. They could play in the snow. I'll give them the snow, right? But a hurricane, that may be a little too much for uh, Mahomes to handle. And Brady is just – and Brady's pissed from last week losing to Aaron Rodgers. Man, he is. Because that whole GOAT discussion and Aaron Rodgers is so much better than Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's waving all of his Super Bowl rings at him going, dude, you're not better than me. And then Aaron Rodgers being better than him. Do you remember so, last year during a game where Aaron, where um, uh, Brady held up like four, like he thought it was four down, and ended up it was not. It was like three. he he didn't even know yeah. the downs. I don't know if you remember that game, yeah. but he just yeah. seemed disoriented. The following week, he yep. was on fire. You're, you're gonna oh, see this. Absolutely. I think you're gonna see the same thing happen this week, oh, yeah. where he seemed just at the end of the game, he had a delay of game penalty called yeah. when they're doing going for the two point conversion. That yeah. is so unatomic. Brady. Like, yeah, I don't think he was fully Not responsible there. for that. I think it was his rookie wide receivers and the coaching staff, but still he, the blame's going to fall on his feet. Yeah. He's going to come back on fire this week. Right. right. And the bills, the bills are going to come out on fire as well. After that loss to Miami, Offensive coordinator is going to be more in tune with what's going on on the field and what's up in the booth, and they're going to be on top of it. And as you know, I love um, I love Baltimore and I love um, the quarterback there, but I think that that Josh Allen and the team are just going to step it up over they the Ravens, are. and they're going to, they're going to win by more than a field goal plus one. I think Buffalo is a class unto themselves this year, right. and I think the Bills are going to just run roughshod over the Ravens this week. Right. right. And then lastly, Aaron Rodgers is so hyped up on his own mess right now after beating the GOAT that they're just going to destroy Bill Belichick and the, the rest of the Patriots. Yeah, I stayed away from this because it's a 10.5-point oh. spread. Taking it. I'm taking it. Aaron Brady's going to put it anywhere. Or Aaron Brady. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to put it wherever he wants, and it's going to just be a master class in moving the football. All right. I, I, I have yeah. to think this might be um, uh, the McCheaters' swan song. He is not looking good this yeah. year. At the beginning of this year's podcast, we mentioned that, you know what, it, things don't seem right there in Patriot land. Why is, right. is Bill Belichick being his own offensive coordinator that makes no sense whatsoever and so mm -hmm. this, this I, I think it's just gonna get worse this year he does not have a good yeah. team there's no offensive coordinator so no real guidance there it's just gonna go downhill it's gonna be a colossal decision a horrible yep. a horrible season for the patriots all right all right so here are my picks a lot of them i kind of agree with you some i disagree cowboys plus three over washington i'm a big mm -hmm. believer in their replacement quarterback i think the cinderella okay. the midnight is not quite there yet and so he's gonna have a couple of good games there rush is gonna i think it's a couple more games in him and there will be a quarterback controversy there in big d bills over the ravens you and i are in agreement on that yep. 
Rams over the 49ers. I noticed you did not take that game. I'm not ready to be hurt again. All right. I'm really, I'm really not. I'm just not, I'm just not there. I'm just, I'm too emotional about it. I just, it just hurts to just think about. But isn't it true that last year the 49ers kept beating the Rams during yeah, the regular and, season? Yep. And the Rams came back and beat them when it counted. All right. Which so was the NFC Championship game. All right. So I, I had to take the Rams here were actually the underdogs. So that, that's not right. a typo. I get Rams right. plus two and a half points. And, and right. so I, I just had to take that game. The Chiefs over the Bucks, the reasons we already established. I think the Chiefs. Yep. I know you said, Joel, Joel, did I hear you right? You were just talking about how the Bucks are going to have an amazing right. game. And the Chiefs are going to lay an egg. All kinds of controversy and strife within the organization. And we're not to the second half of the season yet. So this is for my heart. That's all. I, I want the yep. Chiefs to win. I'm almost willing them to win. Do not take what I say here. Do not bet the Chiefs based upon what I'm no. saying. I don't actually believe this pick. I am just taking it. Dolphins over the Bengals. I already explained why. I think they are yep. for real. Jacksonville over the Eagles. I think Peterson is that good of a coach. Plus, come on, give me six and a half points. Here six is the points. pick that when I saw this pick, it just shouted out to me. Like last week, I could see the Chiefs win uh, or the, I mean, the Chiefs loss. I could see that coming. I also, right. if you remember right from last week, predicted K-State mm -hmm. would cover the 12 and a half points versus Oklahoma. And I explained why. Right. I had that same feeling when I saw Michigan be Iowa. Michigan, Iowa, they can't even score any points this year. They are no, the lowest scoring team. They're like scoring three points, six right. points nothing, a game. Nothing, yeah. I saw the over-under at 42, and I thought, okay, it might be 41 to zero. That is true, but <laughs> I'm not sure that Iowa's going to score enough points to make that over. And so I'm going to take the under on the Michigan Iowa game. I think Iowa's going to find a way to keep this close, but I don't know. That, that could just be my, that just sh uh, jumped out of me as an odd number uh, for that particular matchup. All right, Chris, for sure, you know man. What? For sure. it's been a great week. Uh, have any fun plans the rest of this week before we sign off? Uh, Megan and I are going to a religious conference this weekend. It should be a lot of fun. All right. We're at, uh, so every year, Twice a year, the um, LDS Church puts on general conference, and that's this weekend where All we go right. listen to our our local and or not our local, but our national and international leaders talk uh, good messages. All right, there you go. We'll have a great week, and we will see you next week. And hey, let's go watch some football. Do it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tri. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support.